Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamide. Joining me today, friend, co-host, Patrick Dodd. Dottie, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Also, friend of the pod, Danielle Jones out of the SAP Concur Vienna, Virginia office. Danielle, how are you? Also a co-host. I, I've, I, you know, Danielle, you've co-hosted. How are you? Indeed. I'm well, Brent. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Now joining us, soon to be friend of the pod, Scott Hewitt, who is out of the SAP Vancouver office as a scrum coach in the partner technologies of intelligent enterprise solutions. How'd I do, Scott? Did I get all of that right? That was a mouthful, but I like it. I like it. I'm looking forward to being a co-host. So I feel excluded. Well, you know, be on enough times and I'll make you a co-host. So that'll be great. That's a deal. Right. Friend. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So today we're continuing our conversation in our series on your journey. So we're asking the same questions that we've asked everybody else. And it's basically to give a helping hand to new Scrum Masters in how people who've been around the block, who've run a few sprints, what got them started, where they were at, how they're doing. So Danielle, I'm gonna start with you. What got you started on your path to agility? You know, how'd you get here? You know, I think it was mostly an accident. Um, but a good one, you know. So I was at a company who heard this buzzword, agile, right? So everybody was taking their company to this new found like software model, how they're gonna do things. Like, yeah, we're gonna do it quick. We're gonna do it like, you know, the customers aren't gonna ask us all the time. Like, when are we having a release? And they're like, they call that like Scrum, I think. So like most companies, we, you know, started out, did it very wrong. Um, but I was actually a business analyst at the time. Nice. And I had been doing that for almost three years. So then they thought the natural progression was to make everyone a product owner. So we went through, they're like, we're going to take everybody through this product owner training and you're all going to be certified. So we had this uh, company come in. We had a very large training uh, for two or three days. And we all thought we were just like the bee's knees after that. And we were going to get more money and people were going to respect us more. And really, we had no idea what we were doing. We were actually supposed to be doing it. We were all still like creating these 30 page documents of configuration guides and all these requirements because we didn't know how to pivot to be now agile. Yep. So yeah, I started out as a product owner because that was what they thought was the natural progression. See, it's interesting that you say you were a business analyst because mm -hmm. having worked on scrum teams with business analysts, oh, I heart me some BAs. Yeah. BAs are my besties, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Awesome. Patrick, tell me your path. So I actually got um, my start in my career back in customer support. So um, that's where I started. And um, we had, I, I was, I was on the phones and then eventually I worked my way into the role of a product specialist. And what I noticed was we had a bunch of projects going on and nothing was getting done. And also we didn't even really know what we were working on half the time. And so, and so I started one, one of the roles that I had as a product specialist is I was a stakeholder in the scrum meetings in a product development team. And that's the product area I focused on. And um, I saw what was going on there and I thought, why can't anybody do this? And so I took that and I made this giant Kanban board that I stuck on the wall with 
big stickies and the, the whole like masking tape and everything. And um, that was uh, when, when, when I got the attention of the scrum master of that team, who is later became my mentor and who's still a good friend of mine to this day. And, 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 he, and he gave me my first chance because he, he saw that I was passionate about it. And the cool thing is, is he did not care that I didn't have any experience. He gave me my chance and I'm forever grateful to him for that. Um, his name's Tom Perry. So Tom, if you're listening, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and so then I got, I got started as a dual role, actually. I still maintained my role within customer support, but I was also allowed to uh, be a scrum master on a test automation team. Fun. And so I worked with them until I kind of proved that I could do this stuff and then uh, got in full time from there. So that's, that's how I got started. Right on. Right on. Scott? Um, so I started because I was, uh, I was in, the, in an office that had two specific teams, one an application development team and one uh, um, an analytics team. Um, and the, the application team were delivering in, in, in Waterfall. They were delivering with a, a program, with project managers. Everything's very structured and everything took a very long time. Um, but the analytics team were trying to do things a bit differently and they actually reached out to, to me to help say, well, we've heard of this thing similar to um, what I said earlier called Agile. How do we do it? What do we do? And I had no idea, absolutely no idea. Um, but what I did have, so similar to, to, to Patrick, is someone to come in and, and help on the way that um, some of the areas were doing, doing Agile. Um, so I started there, understanding it a little bit, um, had a dedicated team. We sat in the same place, which was a lot differently from before, um, and just did trial and error, starting on, on one team, figuring out what worked and adapting, um, but not necessarily with like a full training or a full understanding of what it was. It was literally going out there and, and explore. Okay, fun. So Patrick mentioned the person who helped them get started. And Danielle, you and Scott both said, hey, there was a company who helped you come in and figure it all out. What do you think was helpful for you along those lines? What do you think was helpful for you in getting started? Do you think it was just jumping in the deep end? Do you think it was talking to people? Patrick, I'm going to start with you with that. Sure. Oh, gosh, I have to like remember now. Um, but <laughs> I, I would say um, the, the thing that was most helpful for me to get started was uh, candid feedback, um, because mm -hmm. I, I remember, mm -hmm. so this Kanban board that I mentioned, um, at one point I uh, stopped maintaining it and it sat there and it sat static. And, you know, now, I mean, we all, and anyone who's been around Kanban teams know, knows that this can happen. Um, and uh, my mentor, Tom, came to my desk and he leaned over and he said, so uh, I notice it's not moving. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that kind of shocked me into saying, oh yeah, you know, I should probably actually walk the walk. And so um, to me, as far as my own development, um, that kind of uh, candid feedback, that constant prodding of like, hey, keep walking the walk, that helped me the most. Um, I think that as far as uh, in entering into the career of a scrub master, 
um, what helped me the most was those relationships, um, were, were the people that uh, encouraged me and told me that even though I was new at this, and even though I came from a different department doing different things, that I could do this. And, and I wasn't somehow different from any of the other scrum masters that were out there. Like, this is, this is who I am. Right on. Scott? I think it's a safe environment. So, um, you know, as I referred to, when I went from, from one team, I went to kind of drop in and help the other one. It was more a sense of do what you want, do, do what you can do. Let, let's try and figure this out. So real support from, from leadership in, you know, we trust you. Uh, we trust you to do a, 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 the best you can do with the, um, with the information, the tools and the people that you have available. So that really makes a big difference. I think also partnered with that trust was um, someone who was more experienced to sit and bounce ideas off. You know, this is what I observed. Uh, have you seen this before? It's like, oh, well, this is, this is generally what happens when that happens. Great. And you know that as that regular, um, regular mentor to help you go through that journey. So, mm-hmm. so a, a safe environment and someone to bounce ideas off really helped. Right on. Danielle? YouTube. <laughs> no, I didn't have anyone in house to go to. I actually asked yeah. if I could go somewhere that I had been doing it correctly uh, for a while and like kind of shadow them. They were like, mm, maybe not. So I went and found as many YouTube videos as I could on, and there was a lot. And some of them were really good and some of them were really bad. And so I kind of just mixed them together and took pieces and I applied it. And a lot of it worked. And some of it was like, oh, don't do that again. But, you know, and then eventually we all started just kind of forming what, you know, what Patrick does on a regular basis is a community of practice so that we can all at least get on the same page. Even if it was the wrong page, we were all doing it wrong. So, yeah, a lot of trial and error, but, you know, it made me stronger, I guess I would say. Right on. So this is where we pull in the shout out to the previous episodes on communities of practice. So if you haven't heard them, you should go back and listen to them. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about, you know, what would, you know, I don't have enough time to where in this iteration where I want to have everybody walk through how you want to tell or what you would say to then you as now you. So we'll save that one for the next iteration, which will be tomorrow's podcast. So let's go with instead, what did you have to unlearn or what did you have to learn when you got started? Scott. So coming from a, a, a program manager to a scrum master, um, program manager generally, uh, this, is, this is what's going to happen. You would be very, very direct. There's a plan, you follow it, you know best. Um, it's just be quiet. Be mm-hmm. quiet because really it's the person doing, the people doing the delivery are the experts. Listen to them, make space for them. Um, yes. I'm, I was very used to doing a lot of talking a lot of directing, a lot of checking. Um, so really it's giving them space and giving them uh, my trust. Right Not on. like trust people before, it's just letting them do that, letting right. go. Right. So Danielle, what'd you have to learn or unlearn? A little bit of the same, what Scott is saying, basically trusting the team to figure it out because I was basically doing everything, honestly, as besides coding it, as a business analyst and I would give way too much detail, way too much documentation. You know, I had to unlearn, you know, the whole, like give them everything. Cause that's what developers want. And I was just used to that. 
Um, and there was no question. So trusting the team, I had to learn for sure that they could actually figure it out and kind of trusting myself to like even let go of that. So yeah, unlearning that and learning that, you know, interaction over processes and tools, you know, that sort of thing. As a business analyst, that must have been really hard. It was very difficult. <laughs> very. Right on. Patrick. God, I had to unlearn so many things. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the first thing I had to unlearn was um, that I, I shouldn't, to, to really help the team, I needed to not do everything for them. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, you know, my background coming from customer support, making the customers happy, that ended up being an impediment to, to my own team's performance because I would just say, oh, sure, you know, I'll take notes, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll, I'll do everything that you need. And, right. and, that's, and that creates very dysfunctional team because they can't do anything for themselves if, if, you're, if you're that kind of an enabler. And so um, that's, that's one of the things that I did have to unlearn at first. And then um, the, the, next, the second major thing that I had to unlearn after I kind of got my footing under me was that um, because uh, saying because this is the way that the book says it's supposed to be done, whether it's the Scrum Guide or one of my Cones books or, you know, Corey Latis or whoever is not an answer. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's seeing the team where they're at and actually working with them to communicate the value of whatever framework you're working with them on, whether it's Scrum, Kanban, XP, and, or, and also the Agile mindset. So right. um, the saying, this is because it's the correct way to do it is not the right thing to do. So those were the two biggest things that I had to unlearn. There's a bunch of others, but we don't have that much time. You know, in speaking of time, this is perfect because we're pretty much at time. So tomorrow's episode, because I'm already, I've already teed it up, we're going to go through what you all would have said to your previous self when you started it out. And then I want to talk about resistance. So what did you, what got in your way and is something still in your way? And it could be yourself or it could be something else. It could be, you know, who knows what it is. Until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Patrick. I'm Danielle. And I'm Scott. Until the next iteration, as Danielle would say, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. You can reach out to us at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.